Hey, welcome back once again for another episode of the Coach's Lounge, episode four. To everybody that has been with us since the beginning, thank you. The listenership just keeps going up higher and higher and higher. And that's solely because of you guys sharing, telling your friends, telling your colleagues, telling your families, whoever. Thank you. Uh, If you're new to the lounge, man, welcome. Highly recommend you go back if you like this one and go back and listen to the other ones in the archives. There's great stuff there with some really great stories. To give you guys just a gist, if you're not familiar with the lounge, this is a lot of coaches telling stories, but it's not just for coaches. We want this to be stuff that anybody can enjoy. Listen, if my mom can enjoy it, anybody can because she's my harshest critic on this thing so join us on social media at real coach lounge on instagram and twitter the coaches lounge is on facebook for sponsorship inquiries shoot us an email the real coaches lounge at gmail.com to you patrons this is old news because you've already had this episode for a while that's one of the perks of being one of our patrons guys thank you so much for being a patron we can't put into words how much we appreciate you guys um if you are interested in being a patron then you'll go to our Podbean, and there's a patron button there. You can click on that. It shows the different tiers of, of sponsorship where you can show your support. A little backstory on who we have today. These guys are coaches that have been around the block multiple times. They've coached all over the place, not just on the high school level. They've also coached in the college ranks, not just college, but SEC level. Not, not only that, but Les Kenning also was with the Dolphins for a cup of coffee. So these guys know their stuff and their collection of stories is vast and runs deep. When you hear them refer to Big Les and Little Les, they're referring to Les's dad being Big Les and Les obviously by default will be Little Les. And Bradley Dale Pivato, who's our other guest, he's uh, he, he's his dad is a legend in the Texas high school world. So so these guys know their stuff, and they have got tons of knowledge to share and great stories, even more importantly. And you'll also hear that they've known each other since they were kids, so the collection of stories is very, very vast. So without further ado, enjoy Episode 4, The SEC Drifters. Welcome to the Coach's Lounge Podcast. Dedicated to the experiences from the real coaches' offices around the country. These are the great stories we love to share and hear from the gridiron, court, and fields across America. Now, join coaches Kevin Flanagan and Matt Marshall as they open the lounge now. Coach, this episode has already started off with a bang in the new lounge the lounge is coming along we got some stuff up on the walls we got a couple you know pieces of furniture the neon sign is up we've got a couple i know i said legends last week but i think we might there's a lot of legends around right we've got a couple more here um i think the stories are about to get a lot better because um certain bottles are hitting the table (laughs) and uh Really excited about this. Uh, first, let's go ahead and thank Level Up CBD for sponsoring this episode. Levelup-CBD.com is your go-to place for that. So thank you guys for that, for supporting this episode. Uh, Coach Flanagan, here we go again. You ready to do this? Let's roll, man. It gets better and better every week. It really does. And the lounge is open and doors are locked, so we're not going to have any intruders. And we're back up and running. Coach, please tell everybody who these are amazing young men we're speaking to are absolutely uh i'm honored to do so so these guys i've known these guys forever it seems like uh but you know i think y'all are both a little older than me but uh <laughs> but i've known you forever and so we go back as far as bradley dell pivoto and uh, you know we'll get into this but bradley dell is a uh, orangefield bobcat uh, through and through and so me being the head coach at orangefield heard a lot of stories and uh, have gained a tremendous amount of respect for his coaching career. It's just, it's been awesome, man. So I, I'm fired up to have him uh, with us tonight. Bradley, I appreciate you 
take a little bit of time. Thank you. And then Les Kenning, who, um, again, Les is a guy that's uh, been around a long time and a tremendous resume. Both these guys, we can't really run through the whole resume because it would eat up an hour. We'd be two hours into this thing before we ever started. Coach, I've got them right here, too. (laughs) You got the whole (laughs) I I went went on your Wikipedias, and uh, I went – because it was just too much. That's boring stuff, though. (laughs) No doubt. We got some good stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That's filler. We went from being just a little statewide deal to these two guys take it nationwide as far as experience and yeah, stuff. Yeah, looking so, at this, they're coast to coast, Coach. Absolutely. Yep. They've been all over and uh, coached a lot of great players with a lot of uh, great coaches and you know, there's a lot of great stories. So You could smell the, the real expensive cologne that they had on when they walked into the lounge. You could tell <laughs> they smelled like yeah. – Knowledge, mahogany, leather-bound books. Steve one, D one cologne. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's more like you know. It's hard to fix stupid. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being on. Uh, thank you. Thank it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It I will. Tell. Be. So excited. So excited. So for any newcomers listening to this, we just want to give a quick rundown. So like basically, the coaches lounge. It's not X's and O's, but it's everything else. It's it's the the fun stories that coaches tell in the in the office amongst each other, around other coaches at coaching schools or clinics around the country, but it's also fun stories that if you're not a coach, you can relate to and appreciate. I'm really excited to get you to, to get going. So, how do you guys? I guess I know we never really got into how either one of you guys know and Coach Flanagan have crossed paths. You know, I don't remember a specific. I know, I know. With us, it was probably Orangefield. Yeah, and probably, I recruited him at Crosby. Recruited yep. him at Orangefield. Yes. Uh, that's, I think, the first time we met was Orangefield. I, yep. I want to say absolutely. Yeah, unless so. I don't remember. Uh, probably, man, I've been to a thousand clinics where you were speaking for sure. And were you at Conroe at one time or no? no where were you? I, I've been to so many. I, I remember recruiting your schools. I remember going to see you, Kevin. <laughs> it, it may have been Crosby. Crosby I don't know if you yes. ever had the East Side of Houston. But he got mm-hmm. the C right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's close enough, right there. Well, both these guys, I'll just tell you, and I'll, I'll one thing I've been dying to ask. You know, you guys are both coaches' kids, and not only just coaches' kids, but your dads were both just, I mean, incredible uh, leaders of men and tremendous coaches, and both um, have a, a lasting impact in places they've been. Uh, tell me about growing up. If I'm if if I'm understanding right, you guys grew up and lived on campus. On campus, right, right in the back of campus. In fact, when we went back, walked through the house when Dad got the job in '75, um, it was not in very good shape. I never will forget. He said, "You know," he said, "If I known I was gonna live in this house, I'd have worked a lot harder building it." His <laughs> ag class built the house. Wow. In the mid fifties, I was there from seventy five till I went to SMU. Then in SMU, I lived on campus for two my first two years, so I didn't know any other way, you know. But that was a lot of fun. It really was. I bet. I bet that's crazy. Unless your dad and and I know, you know he, he lived on s- campus too. Oh, it, it is depends. that? I didn't know that. We, we had uh, the housing there. The more games you won. The, the better house you got. So <laughs> if, you, if you won more games, they'd move you up. And so we ended up in the superintendent's house at the end. So we must Now, this had done, to be – it was before Side Creek, probably Hampshire uh, Finette. Hampshire Finette. Yeah. Hampshire okay. Finette. Wow. Well, Bradley Dale and I actually coached together, what, for two weeks? Two, well, two jobs. Well, we – two uh, – oh, yeah. I'd say a month at Stephen F. and then a uh, – a year at Houston. Do you want to tell them? You tell them about I my first tell staff, my first okay. staff meeting. So I, I got well. So well, <laughs> l- l- let me go through what happened. So I was uh, living with a guy named Phil Bounds, who's a longtime coach and retired now. Actually, still working uh, at Westlake. And uh, so Les came on the staff. We'd it'd been there for a couple of weeks, and he was living with us. And man, we were me and Phil were single. We were going out every single night. Having a big time. So we go in the staff meeting, and uh, Coach Lynn Graves says, Pivoto, I thought I told you in bounds to stop having fun in town. Stop drinking in town. <laughs> thought I, I warned you in the sea limits, I don't want you 
out drinking. He should have done a better background check. <laughs> should have done a better background check. <laughs> this is my first so, staff meeting, by the way. <laughs> so he says, now y'all got less corrupted. <laughs> says, if I catch y'all drinking in the city limits one more time, I'm firing all three of you. Do y'all understand? This yes, is sir, my coach. first staff meeting. This is the first <laughs> yes, staff meeting. You haven't said a word yet. said a word yet. So you got to understand. But you understand, Les is living with us, and we've been we've gone out four or five times, and uh, so fast forward to that night, we're sitting around. Well, uh, let's get ready to roll, Les. Where are we going? No, we're we going ain't. out. Les, said, oh no, we're not me. Going out. I'm not me. Coach Gray said he was going to fire. Us. I said, Les. He said inside the city limits. So we we had this place right outside the city limits that we would go when we were in trouble. <laughs> anyway, so when we pulled up uh, at the place, we stopped, and there was a sign, uh, Nacogdoches City Limits. I said, see there, Les, there's where we're headed. We're outside the city limits. We can't get fired for this. True story. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you felt a lot better Oh, about I did. That. I really did. I said, I'm going to get fired. I haven't done my first staff meeting. I'm getting lectured on not to drink inside the city limits. I said, this is terrible. I left. And it's kind of a funny story. I left Mississippi State and went to Stephen F. Austin and, and got a $10,000 race. So I was leaving an SEC school going to Lynn Graves. They just played for the national championship, and I was excited to get back to Texas. And so when I come there, my wife, uh, she comes and she flies over to – Stephen F. Austin, and, and she's ready to look for a house. Well, I go pick her up. Boy, I'm all excited. I get in the car, and we're driving. We're driving down, what is it, 59 that goes into to Nacogdoches, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we get all the way down to Houston. And she goes, Les, what, what are we doing? I said, well, uh, I just took a job at Rice. She goes, <laughs> she thought we were living and going to commute back and forth from Houston yeah. to Nacogdoches. Yeah. And she said, when did you take it? I said, just about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at your your background, Coach Peeve, and uh, Stephen F. Austin, Southern Miss, Arkansas, Northwestern, Houston, Middle Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, Ole Miss, A&M. You've been – all over the place. You're not commuting. Yeah. You're, you're not, not doing a lot of no one commuting. Coach, no. coach, coach oh, it, you get, I mean, yeah. Texas, Alabama, Southwest Louisiana, Mississippi State, Rice, Duke, AM with the Dolphins, Duke, Houston, TC, Alabama. I mean I've been at places twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. I had recycling. I had yeah. LSU and Northwestern State twice. You know, I, I got a funny story. So 75, my dad takes the Orangefield job and they, they were struggling badly. And Les, uh, Big Les, and Little Les were at Hampshire Finette. So my daddy goes over to a, and my dad was a big man. He, they had a district meeting over at Hampshire Finette. And back then, in 2A, which it was 2A at the time, would be 3A today, you couldn't go uh, 11 on 11 in, in the, in the mm -hmm. spring. So that we put, my dad says, man, we pull up and here they are in front of God and everybody. 11 on 11. He said, this rubbed me wrong. You know what I mean? How can – so he goes up to Big Les and he says, Les, he says, man, what are you doing out here? You know, 11 on 11 in front of everybody, everybody pulling up and you don't care about that? And he called my dad Big Boy. He said, Big Boy, if I was you, I'd worry about that 0-20 team you got over at Orangefield. <laughs> we made the semifinals over here. I wouldn't be worried about me. I'd be worried about you. And then, he, and then I – and then he told me uh, about 10, 15, 20 years later, Les is telling me, he says, you know, I shouldn't have told you, Dad, that. He said, I think he got put on probation twice after that for cheating. <laughs> but, 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 you know, and I'll say this is kind of cheesy, but it's a pretty good story. So I, I really looked up to Les, man, when I was a kid. I mean, I was – he's – I look older than him now. The, the no. gentleman next to you. Les, Les Jr. Jr. Les Jr. So – I was a sixth or seventh grader keeping stats on the sideline. He was a junior quarterback, and he was really good. My dad thought the world of him and his dad. He looked up. So, y'all grew up together. Well. Y'all went to the same school. No. No. He went to Hampshire. I was at Orangeville, but we were in the same district. District. Okay. Yeah. Same district. It was just a district game. Okay. Well, I'm in sixth, seventh grade. I'm the statistician for my dad. Les is a junior quarterback. I see. He's a big-time guy. I see. Okay. So – Anyway, long story short, I mean, I'm I'm keeping stats on the sideline. Les is out there playing. Well, 
that basketball season rolled around and here they come, they're playing in Orangefield. And my dad would always tell me, you know, Les is coming to play here tonight. Oh, dad, I want to meet him. So I'll never forget, you know, that the old gym at Orangefield, you had to, you set up high and the court was below you and you could, had to walk down and go to the sessions down the home side. Well, here comes Les. I said, Dad, there he is, there he is. He said, Lord, say hi to him. So I went up. I never forget Les was just celebrity. He was really no, nice no, to me. No, 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 no. But uh No. But 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 another real 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 uh This is this is kind that's of That's his nice way of calling you this, old. You saw right. what he it's did exactly there, right? Nice no, no, he was in sixth <laughs> grade. He was in high school and he was calling you out. <laughs> the point of the story was I was sixth grade. I'm a lot he's younger. That's the takeaway he's wanting here. But the thing is, look how young he looks. No, now. I that's appreciate that. Then look at day over forty two. Best looking guy on radio. At Hampshire it was it was kind of funny and, and, and you got to understand a long time ago and, and it still is right now football was our way of life and so you know basketball was an off season for us because we were in the playoffs and so my dad he was a head coach here the defensive coordinator was a basketball coach coach hooks I coach hooks stood about five foot seven okay I don't know if he really played basketball but he was he was getting another paycheck by being the, the head basketball coach and we never got to play very much basketball because we were always in the playoffs but this is what basketball practice consisted of there's an out of bounds line that you have right there right he'd line up the whole team right next to it and there would be a two yard gap right in between there and one guy would stand right here as another guy dribbled and ran over him. He'd just run over, and next guy'd get over, you'd get run over, next guy'd come up, you'd get run over. Well, I'm the coach's son. Like and taking I'm, charges? Yes, okay. like taking charges. <laughs> and, and the whole team would get run over about five times. <laughs> get steamrolled yeah. there, huh? And so I'm going, you know, all the kids are sitting in line and says, Hey, Les, ask him, ask him, ask him when we're gonna get to shoot. I ain't asking coach when we get to shoot. I get back over, I get run over about five times. We get run over. And finally I said, Coach, I said, you know, are, are we ever going to get to shoot? He says, son, when I find out who plays middle linebacker next year, we'll get to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that was our basketball team. Priorities, Priorities. I mean, there's times I can remember at Hampshire Finette that they would – I'd take out – I was in junior high, and they'd take me out, and they'd run 30 wind sprints after practice. And if I beat them on a wind sprint, they had to run more. Well, one day my dad couldn't find me. They had taken me in the locker room and <laughs> took tape and taped me to a pole and put all the tape out of the locker room. Just I'm, I'm a little, what, fourth grader? And they said, if you ever beat us again, it'll get worse. <laughs> and and I, I can imagine in fourth grade you could run because you played at Texas, played receiver at Texas. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So. I played. It, it was really good. You know, on one side was Johnny Lamb Jones, a world-class sprinter, and then me on the other side. I never got double coverage. <laughs> never, ever. Just that guy out there. Just make sure somebody lines up on him. Thank you, Coach. You must have got a lot of looks there. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, back in that day, my dad would, you know, like I said, I was behind Les, and we, we thought a lot of him. And uh, my dad would get me up on Saturday morning and say, hey, Les plays today at noon. Les plays today at He didn't wouldn't say Texas plays. He'd say Les plays. So we'd make sure we watch the game. Celebrity over there. Celebrity, man. No, no, no. We, 100%. And, you're, and you're sitting next to a guy with an and, A&M shirt on. Yeah. And, this and is, let's go ahead and add one thing. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. This is the guy that almost got me fired in my first staff meeting. Well, <laughs> he's been mad-dogging me ever since I walked in the door with his Georgia shirt Georgia on. Shirt, he's yeah. been giving me evil. Oh, he yeah. looks down at my shirt and looks back in my eyes like <laughs> – how dare you, sir? And he's sitting here with a guy. We, you you guys a celebrity. We've so, had great – I mean, it's been absolutely great. Man, with Bradley I, I thought we, he was actually maybe coming to give me a job. This was a setup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both of Georgia Bulldogs. You was going to get me cheap, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable how totally we've yeah, seen. Yeah, right. Incredible. Yeah. The way you think they had all them drinks ready. <laughs> well, you know, you never know who you know, right? You, guys, you never know. SEC-wise, just thinking about it, I mean, A&M, LSU, Kentucky – Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, Ole Miss. Alabama Arkansas, 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 Kentucky. You said yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody been at Florida? Uh, no. no. Nobody's been at yeah. Vanderbilt? Nope. No. Hadn't no. been there yet. But no. I got a great story about the difference. I've been to Duke. When you're coaching at Duke and you're coaching at Mississippi State, and this is not a – this is nothing bad, but I – I went to my, you know, I wrote on my board. We had a board, which we, we used to write on. You remember that? We'd write on the board different things, you know, plays and everything. And 
I can remember going to Duke and they would correct my spelling. I mean, if you misspelled a word, they'd correct your spelling. <laughs> and I go and I go to Mississippi State, and I'll never forget this. And I walk into my office and I said, "I want y'all to copy down what I have on the board, and I'll be right back." The head coach he called me. I came back out, and this one kid, he's still writing, he's still writing, he's still writing. I go, "It's just one play." I said, "What? What? What's going on?" He had wrote, "Call Coach So and So." Go to this place at three o'clock. I'd wrote some notes on there. He wrote everything on the board. <laughs> Took everything down. That's <laughs> literal. That was the difference in Duke and Mississippi State. <laughs> they take coaching. It's just a different way. Yeah, right. Coach, That's talking good. about school. You were at LSU three times. Twice. Twice. See, Wikipedia is full of it. But you were there when they won national championship. I was correct. Oh seven. Rumor has it you brought your national championship ring to the lounge to let me to wear it, so that's what I could scratch it off the bucket list to put on a national championship ring. Well, I, we we can get that done. Ooh, and a Georgia shirt—that's sacrilege. <laughs> yeah. One of the craziest things I ever witnessed. I was at University of Houston, and Big Les knew me, and I was a liaison to the high school coaches in in Houston, the Greater uh, Greater Houston Coach Association. So Les was kind of the kingpin, and he, you know, kind of ran the show. And they they had this uh, this combine they would put on back when all the college coaches could go to combines. They would have one big twenty five hundred three thousand guy uh, kids come to it. It's a big deal. It was at the University of Houston, so he used me, and I was like his GA. So I I had to have this set up, that set up, and and uh, and one thing with Big Les, you you could not be late. If you were late, he would he would embarrass you. Now. He didn't care who you were. So everybody that knew Les, all the greater high school coaches, they would all be on time sitting in there way before it was time to be in the meeting. So we're all sitting in there, and Les starts the meeting, big Les. And, you know, there's all the greater Houston coaches. I mean, there's probably 100 coaches in there in this meeting working the combine. Well, this guy has – ponytail and he walks in late got a earring in got a cup of coffee just kind of strutting through you know walks in the meeting late and big les says boy you're late the guy says excuse me he said i said you were late and take that earring out of your ear <laughs> and sit down you were late to this meeting and the guy says do you know who i am and Big Les says, I don't give a crap who you are. I said, sit down. Well, the guy gets insulted and leaves. It was the Nike rep oh <laughs> that sponsored the thing. <laughs> Needless to say, Nike dropped him on Monday. <laughs> hey, guys, quick question. Would you like to feel better, sleep better, less anxiety? You want your joints to feel better? If the answer is yes to any of these or yes to all of them, CBD is the way to go. Now, I know what you're thinking, and it's not the same thing that you grew up being told was bad. It's not that hippie lettuce you always heard about from your parents or your teachers. CBD is a thing called cannabidiol that's what's left when the THC, the stuff that gets you high, is removed. This stuff has tremendous healing and anti-inflammatory properties along with fighting stress and anxiety. Look, basically it's all the rage all over the world right now. Now, I know you also see these rinky-dink CBD stores popping up all over the place right now. Trust me when I tell you, you do not want to go to these places to try out CBD. Just like you preach accountability to your players and coaches, demand it from your CBD supplier. Level Up CBD is where you get that accountability. How? Well, that's simple. There's a QR code on every one of their products. You simply scan that code with your camera and boom, Level Up will let you know where your product was made along with where it's been every step of the way until you start reaping the benefits personally. If that's not accountable, y'all, I don't know what really is. Trust me, after all of these years of me being done with my body, whether as a player, coach, firefighter, doing jujitsu, or just my big brisket back self doing a marathon by the end of the 2021 because Coach Flanagan said I couldn't, my body is a wreck. Enter Level Up CBD. Me personally, I'm a 2,000 milligram citrus guy. I just place a couple drops under the tongue and boom, I'm a new man. Not to mention that 1,000 milligram lotion on those sore muscles after those long runs. 
And it don't hurt, fellas, when the missus asks for a massage. Use some of that lotion. Get you some bonus points at home if you know what I'm saying. Try it for yourself today. Go to levelup-cbd.com. Let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Levelup-cbd.com. And when you go, let them know you heard about it in the coach's lounge. One of the best stories on him is they're in the playoffs. And they're going to the playoffs. And they're in the Astrodome. And it's right before the game starts, okay? And he says, now, hey, fellas, now listen. Uh, Jimmy, I want you to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So the kids are all nervous. They're sitting there before the game, and all of a sudden everybody's really quiet, and Jimmy starts off. Now I lay me down to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) My dad goes off on Jimmy, needless to say. And there were some explicit words, and he said you kind of messed up the Lord's Prayer in a very, very rude way. And the board and everybody's sitting there right there, and they're looking at my dad. No, no, it's the Lord's Prayer. No more, Coach Kenny. No more. (laughs) So he fires Jimmy on the spot because he messed up the Lord's Prayer from pregame. You know, Early in my career, I tell this, I got, I learned about the difference in treating how you treat thoroughbreds and non-thoroughbreds, okay? So I go to Stephen F. Austin, Jim Hess, who's a legend in this state, is the head football coach. And he brings me in. I'm, I've been at Trinity Valley. I played at SMU. We got the death penalty, so I couldn't GA there. So I go to Trinity Valley for one year. Hess had recruited me out of high school, comes by and gives me a job and Get, really puts me to work. You know, back then, it, you know, I was a GA pay, but I was coaching a position, coaching special teams, and I was running the weight room, uh, me and a guy named Stu Spear. So, anyway, so Hess brings us in and says, let me tell you something. I don't care what you do. I want discipline on our football team. He said, if they don't do what you tell them to do in offseason, kick them off. Get them out of here. I don't care. I'll back them. Well, about our third day, a guy named David Whitmore gives me some lip. I kick him out. That head coach told me I had that authority. I kick him out. Run him off, man. Uh, so, that afternoon, uh, Hess comes by and says, uh, hey, I, word got to me. You kicked Whitmore out of offseason today. I said, yes, sir. Coach, you told me not to. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with what you did, man. That's Man, I want discipline. He said, but I need to see you up in my office after you get done with offseason today and me, you, and David need to have a meeting. I said, okay. And uh, to preface this story, Whitmore ended up playing about 10 years, won two or three Super Bowls in the NFL. <laughs> he did all right. He did all right. So I got done. I, I go up, and me and David Whitmore sitting in Jim Hess's office. And he says, Coach Pivotal, I need your side of the story. I tell him. He said, now, David, there's only one side of this story. It's Coach Pivotal. I, I, I'm telling you, we're going to have this on this football team. Uh, if if you give Coach Pivato any more lip, if he has to kick you out of one more workout, you're done. You're kicked off this team. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. Now, get out of here. Do what Coach Pivato tells you to do. Next day, man, we're working the kids out in offseason. I mean, I'm running the – I'm like the strength coach, okay? Mm-hmm. So, we're working offseason, and, man, about 5 o'clock, here comes Hess. Hey, man, how'd your day go? I said, Coach, it was great. He said, any issues? I said, no, only one. He said, what's that? I said, well, David Whitmore didn't show up. He didn't come to offseason. He said, well, I forgot to tell you. I said, what's that? He says, Peeve, I put David Whitmore on the track team. I said, on the track team? He said, yeah. He said, look, when I said you could kick them off, I meant everybody but my NFL players. <laughs> you can't kick them off. So, so, so I don't go back on my word. He's running track for the rest of off season. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. And, 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 good. the, and the other Hess story. Th- th- this is a classic too. We had a pretty good one double A football team, and we're going to play. It was a Thursday afternoon. We're going to play Southern Miss. Brett Favre is the quarterback. They only beat us. Is he? Is he? Is he? Good? Is he a big deal? <laughs> he, he's a pretty big deal. He's right. he's yeah. Okay. And uh, so, uh, Brett's quarterback, they're a good football team. They only beat us 21-14. We had a really good team. So, Hess gets him up his Thursday talk. Listen, men, the bus leaves here at 8 o'clock for Hattiesburg, Mississippi in the morning. 8 a.m. sharp. If you're not on it, don't care who you are, I'm leaving you. Do we understand each other? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next morning. Hess gets on the bus. He says, men, 
When I said I'd leave you, I meant everybody but Larry Sinners. <laughs> Does anybody know where he lives? And, and yes, sir, yes, sir. We come up here and tell the bus driver how to get. We're going to pick him up. We're going to his house. Larry Sinners, you know, played for sixteen years, I think. Yeah, running back. He's a, he's a dude. Huh? He was. A, he played sixteen years <laughs> in the worth league. Getting, worth getting. So we went getting. over. I never forget. We pull up and the. One of the players who knew where it runs up, knocks on it. Larry comes out, stands over, scratching his head, got his blanket and his pillow. I think that's all he got on the bus. He had shorts on, pillow, blanket, and here we go. He rushed for about 200 yards. Oh, Everybody but him. Yes, no Everybody doubt. but him. So that's no two doubt. great Jim Hess stories. Oh. Now, I got a question for you. You mentioned SMU and – Death penalty. Were you there during that, or was it after when you were there? Well, I was there, uh, you know, Pony Express in that era, and then – Tell them what they gave you. Is there you stuff that you can talk about, or is that like something like, like – Look, your, look it's, all it's, I can tell you, DB, DBs as slow as I was didn't get anything. <laughs> okay? I got You nothing. weren't the issue. Huh? I, I, weren't, I <laughs> wasn't the issue. Your man Les over here has got a smirk. Like, there's a story he's wanting to hear. Ooh, there's, a, there's, a bunch, there's a bunch of stories now when you talk about college and going to college. But we'll stay out of those so we can keep our friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be yeah, really yeah. good. We could change everything yeah, to, make, to protect be, the innocent. Well, well, back it's just then, like L.A. order. Back, L- back LA then, they, they, you could do hazing. And it was it was, it was, it, we, it was, it was pretty good. Got it in, oh, it got it in every way. It was really bad. It wasn't bad. Well, let's get into this. It was, I'll tell you what it did. It it brought a team together. Consider this more like a therapy session. Go ahead okay. and go into detail. We're well, here. It's a safe Have you song. ever played Cuckoo? No. Cuckoo is where you sit in a chair and a guy's underneath it, okay, and he sticks his head out and goes, Cuckoo. And you're blindfolded, okay, and you've got a stick in your hand, okay, and then there's an upperclassman with a stick in his hand. So a freshman's going to get hit every time. He would stick his head out, and you'd try to hit him when he'd say cuckoo, and you'd try to hit him. And if you did, if you missed him, you got hit. So it was, that was cuckoo. You had to play cuckoo every day. And then the the worst one, and I'll never – this almost broke out in a fight. It was really bad. Now, you remember those little uh, – those little – Records. They were forty fives. You remember? Mm-hmm. They, uh-huh. they look like he doesn't. They were a little do. bigger than yeah. that. Yeah, they were a little I, bit. Well, I, I've read about them. <laughs> well, I don't. well, here's what we had to do as freshmen. It's really bad. It's really bad. They'd line you all up, okay, and strip you down, all naked, okay. You'd be naked, and you had to take that disc and you had to pass it from the crack of your rear end to your next guy to the next <laughs> Those deal. Little mini records. Yeah, the little <laughs> mini records. That wasn't the problem. If you dropped it, you had to pick it up with your teeth and place it in the oh. other room. <laughs> now, listen, let, let me tell you, there was fights going on there. I mean, I, I, you were fighting. You would beat the guy up if he, if he dropped it. Dead. Drop it. Don't I drop it. I wish you would. Listen, that kind of hazing did not go on in SMU, okay? It was bad. It was a really good deal. I now, mean, you were Fred Akers. Was, was that it, right after Darrell Royal? Coach Royal had recruited me and Coach Akers had recruited me. I was very fortunate. Both of them great men. Yeah. I mean, I was very, very fortunate. We got stories that go back back it are just absolutely crazy I, I mean we played with some i played with some very very talented players i mean there was really you know earl bradshear so you played with earl earl uh, my my freshman year uh he wow. you know he he carried us i mean there was a lot of great players Coach, on that we're, team we're sitting celebrity over here no, Jeez. no, no! I was. The, the, he, I mean, the Pony He's Express. Right I mean, it, they. Yeah, were, but I mean, I mean no, the, it was had your posters well, on his wall. He was. No, saying. it's. it's well, bad. you guys no. had a. I was looking up your stuff, and I didn't remember all the records. But y'all had an eleven and one season. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Was that your first year or last freshman year? Freshman yeah, year. Yeah, we, we we played Notre Dame. Got beat by Notre Dame in the national championship. I mean, they were the biggest wow. human beings I'd ever seen on. Really? on our, did you get really playing time that year? Were you? Yeah, I did. Just a little bit. In a compliment by Coach Akers, he told me he said I should have redshirted you. <laughs> so, did you guys ever see any pranks? Oh, any, I mean, any, any oh, pranks? I, I got a good one. I mean, pranks from coaching, yeah. from playing, well, from locker room. I, I, I got a real good one. Love so, it. So, uh, it was. Can't remember what years I was. It was the first time I was at LSU. That would have been oh five through oh eight. Bo Pelini was our DC, and me and Bo. It was a Thursday practice. We didn't really get in an argument, but it was a little bit of a road bump we had. 
with each other in practice. It wasn't no big deal, but it was just enough the players kind of saw it. You know? And you guys are both pretty even keel, so it must very, have been Very laid-back guys. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. So we, we kind of had this little road bump, a little, little bit of argument. Now, nothing major, but it was just enough that the players saw it. You know, So we're looking at the tape the next morning, and we came up with this idea as a motivational prank we were going to stage a fight, and we would always come together on Friday and watch that Thursday practice as a whole defense. Bo would run it. So when we got to that play, we kind of rehearsed it. So Bo was going to run it back and forth and call the kid out and then say, well, I don't know. I shouldn't even be mad at you. I don't know. How, how do I expect you know when your coach don't even know it? And he was going to keep running back, and I was going to say, hey, man, that, that ain't necessary. You know, so we got to it, and and, and and here we go. So we got to that deal, and Bo's, Bo's running it back and, and talking to a kid with name Perry Riley. And, and uh, he says, you know, talking to Perry, and he says, well, Perry, I don't know how I should suspect, expect you to know it. Your coach don't even know it. I'm like, hey, man, that's not right. And Bo keeps running the play back and forth. He says, what do you mean it's not right? I said, just what I said, it's not right. We had practice. We were going to not let it kind of escalate so it's getting <laughs> – so it gets to the point to where Bo was screaming at me, I'm screaming at him. And and, and the, Bo just run the tape back. When Perry Riley's sitting next to me because we sit with our players in the meet, he's saying, Coach P, let it go. Coach P, just let it go. I'm not letting it go. So it gets to the point where Bo jumps up and says, hey, I'm tired of your mouth. And I jumped and I said, I'm tired of your mouth. I said, you want some of this? Let's go outside. So we went outside. In front of the whole team. In front of the whole team. And we go out the doors. There was two doors to that meeting, the defensive meeting room. So I, Bo went to the left, I went out to the right one. Well, we had two GAs stand up. So like, hey, let, let, let them, they're grown men, let this go. So we had two managers outside, and they had dummies. If Bo and I are screaming, they're hitting the dummies, you know, so it's making a noise of fighting. So when this goes on, and we're screaming and yelling, hitting those dummies, well, we walk back in, and they're like shocked. I mean, they're like spooked. And then we said, gotcha. Well, the next day, we win the game. I can't remember who we were playing, but it was a big game. We win the game in the – played real well on defense, and – they asked the kids. Well, me and Bo never thought about this. They asked the kids, well, man, y'all seem motivated, played well. I said, yeah, man. I said, uh, Coach Pivato and uh, and Coach Pliny's skit got us going, man. Well, what was it? Well, they told it. <laughs> so, the next day, I, I was always the first guy to meet with Les Miles on Sunday morning because I had to watch special teams with him before we watched offense and defense with him. And Les says, P, what's this about? You and Bo skit with a player staging a fight. So anyway, it, I didn't know it had been in the paper. I said, "Well, Coach, you know what? We just kind of kind of told him what happened, but that, it was a lot of fun." We we got one that, that's kind of funny there at Alabama. I guess I probably shouldn't say the name of the university, but we had went from TCU to Alabama when Alabama was on probation, and all of our kids had to go through an NCAA house before they came to practice so it was pretty hard on them and kids were transferring you know they were getting a one-time transfer rule and we had i'll try to keep these names out of here but i'll go through we had three running backs that there was actually four running backs and we didn't mind if one running back transferred you know but the other three we wanted to keep and the one kid that came in uh, he came in and he sat down and when we had meetings we had to have meetings with another coach in the room everything had to be verified so I'm sitting there with the running back coach, and the young man comes in, and, and he says he's sitting down with a, a friend of his that, that kind of helps him, mentor that goes around with him, and he's, he's sitting there. We're all sitting in the office, and he goes, Coach, uh, I'm going to transfer. Well, I'm sitting in the back, and I'm going, oh, geez, man, we can't let this guy transfer. This is our best running back. We, wrong he, guy. He can't, wrong guy. We, we got to keep him. And, and so we're talking to him, me and the running back coach, and, he, and, and so I said – can I ask you why you why are you wanting to transfer? He says, "Oh, coach, it's it's easy." He says, "Alabama doesn't have my degree plan," and I'm thinking, and I'm going through it, and I'm going through it, and I said, "Well, let me ask you a question. It's very simple. What are you going to do when you get out of college? What do you want to be, and what's your profession that you're going to be?" Oh shit, coach, that's easy. I'm going to be a pimp. <laughs> 
I look like, like a pimp. So I'm thinking, you know, and, he, and he's sitting there, he's as serious as can be. So he's I a said, business major. Yeah, business. Whoa, 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 we're getting to that. So so he says he's going to be a pimp. I said, well, I said, okay. And so he goes, I said, so you're going to transfer because we don't have your degree. I said, we have your degree here at Alabama. I said, you don't understand. You know, all that money you're going to make being a pimp, you have to invest it. So we're going to get you a business degree. Would you consider going into our business department and staying here in Alabama? I'll consider it, Coach. There you go. There you go. That's a business man. Oh, wow. I wonder what he found that he thought, uh, where was he going to transfer? What degree was he There were so many people after him. He was good enough. They were going to create one. They were all going to create one. No doubt. And he was that good. There's so many things that happen in football that we can't control. I mean, like you, you go to your office. I'd go to my office every day and the quarterbacks would come in there and, and I'd get on my computer and I'd say, hey, boys, you know, look, go get my computer. Well, that's the worst thing you can do to a kid. I mean, don't tell them to get your computer now. I'd come back every day and there would be the most, the fattest woman you could find with no clothes on with my head on it. And that would be my screensaver. So I'd come in every day and I'd go in there and I, I'm, I'm going to get fired because somebody thinks I'm looking at porn. I didn't even know where to find these, this stuff. And porn of people that look yeah. like you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> We Probably were, like most coaches, you couldn't figure out how to get it off. off. Didn't know I, how to get it off. And you can't call the secretary. How are you going to call the secretary? I mean, you can't do that. So you're sitting there, God dog it, get back in here. You know, you're mad at them half the time. And, and they're laughing their tails off. And I had one kid that wouldn't go to class. I mean, he, you know, I, I he, he was the number one quarterback we'd signed down there. And, and he was a really great kid, and he wouldn't go to class, wouldn't go to class. I ran him every morning like it. Five o'clock in the morning, I'd run him, and he kept telling me. He said, Coach, about the third time, he says, Coach, if I knew you were going to run me this much, I wouldn't have came to Alabama. I said, Son, if I knew I had to run you this much, I wouldn't invite you. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just one story after another yeah. with those kids. And Whether you know it or not, I have to be here, yeah, too, every morning. I have to be here, too. It's time. a pain in the ass. He would drive his truck. I'll never forget this. He'd take his truck, and he'd drive it up to the – to the stairs of where class was. He'd just run it right up to the stairs and he'd run into class. And and it wasn't a parking space. It was up on the stairs. <laughs> and he'd go into class. And he had like five or seven tickets. And here comes coach getting mad at me. Les, your kid's got tickets. He got tickets. I said, son, look, I told you that you can't be – that's right, Coach. You told me I couldn't be late to class, so I parked my truck right there on the steps. He'd step part on the steps and he'd run into the deck oh to the deal. The, you people probably don't realize – what? You didn't get into details. No, I yeah, didn't. The specifics are – we're playing Tennessee. One t- we're playing Tennessee at Alabama. We beat Tennessee. I'll never forget this. And we're sitting around there. And after every victory, like in, in, in over there, you'd smoke a cigar. But Tennessee was a big victory for Alabama when we played them. And the head coach had bought – he'd alumni had given him these $100 Cuban cigars that he had had, in his, had up in his deal. And I'll never forget this. We're sitting in there and we're smoking a cigar after the game and we ran out of cigars. So I walked into the locker room. I saw some cigars. I grabbed them $100 cigars and we're smoking them $100 cigars. And all of a sudden you hear the head coach, where are my cigars? You had never seen so many kids shatter. Coach Kenning, Coach Kenning, Coach Kenning, my ass. You got one in your mouth. <laughs> What about you guys been with the recruiting part of it and you've been in a lot of different homes and stuff. So you've seen a lot of stuff. We, Matt and I were talking about this earlier, but you know, we, we all got that instance of you got the parent in the stands and from talking to different guys in college, they talk about, man, it's, that's one thing that has changed. And I don't, maybe you'll say it's been that way the whole time, but the parental involvement over the years at your level, any, uh, any any stories stand out to you about some of those without mentioning any names? Obviously, some- I, I, I got a real classic. I mean, I got a bunch of, them, but I, I'll tell you one that I was told the other day. So I'm recruiting this kid, and um, Daddy was a was a Baptist preacher, and the dad wanted him to go to this. I was coaching at a a, a mid level school. Okay, the dad wanted him to go to a Power Five. The Power Five had offered a gray shirt. And the dad wanted him to do that. The kid wanted to come uh, to where I was coaching, which was Middle Tennessee State. And anyway, long story short, uh, I was kind of fighting this bear with a dad, you know. And uh, so they come on the visit. And I, like I said, dad was a Baptist preacher. And uh, – 
they come on the visit and we go up to see the head coach. And during the, the, the parent head coach meeting on Sunday, it was up in the press box. The kid just says, Hey, I'm committing here. Well, the dad's a, you know, he Brad's preaching, he, but he's upset. He don't want the kid to do it. I mean, he's kind of fighting the kid verbally and the kid said, dad, stay out of it. This is my decision. You told me it's my decision. I'm making it. Uh, you know, don't, da, 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 da. this goes on and on and on. And it gets real heated in there with the head coach. But I get on the elevator, it gets more heated. They get off the elevator and they go to Fifth City. They are, they are fighting, I mean, <laughs> throwing blows the whole nine yards. So, The dad and the kid. The dad and the kid. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so finally I kind of figured some things out. I won't say that other Power 5 school, but I, I figured out what was kind of going on. So I said, I, I got the dad over to the side. I said, you know, I got you figured out. He said, what's that? I said, you're a Baptist preacher, right? Yes, sir, I am. I said, your motto Give your soul to Jesus, but send your money to me. Right? <laughs> he said, Coach, you finally figured it out. <laughs> well, I was a young coach. I got one that was, was – I, I thought I was probably fired after this one. It was a really, really good recruiting shit. Uh, coach Goldsmith was the head coach, and uh, we were down – we were up in Dallas. Uh, Fitzgerald, uh, his daddy played in the NFL for a long time for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. We were recruiting him there in Dallas. And Fred had been up – recruiting in the Dallas area, and I was meeting him halfway, picking him up from another coach, which I'd picked him up. And I, I said, Coach, we're a little early. You mind if I go by this uh, right here and get some gas? And he says, no, that's not at all. So I get out of the car. He's in the car. You know, he's in the car, and he's got his briefcase and everything. And I had rented a car that every time you shut the door, it was automatic door locks. You know, the the, the car would lock. So I'm sitting there, and I, I go out, and I'm, I'm putting gas in the in, in the car in the back, and Fred's in there, and all of a sudden he jumps out and says, hey, I'm going to go in here and get some gum. And he jumps out and shuts the door, and it locks the car. So we're locked out of the car. With the keys in it. With the keys in it, <laughs> and I'm pumping gas into the car. And I said, well, Coach, I said, we got a small problem. The keys are in there, and, and we can't get in the car. He says, well, that's okay. Call Brendan. He'll come He'll come uh, pick us up at the gas station, and we can go over to his house. I said, okay, coach. I said, I'll work on this. So he says, all right. So Brendan comes over, picks coach up, brings him to his house. I'm in the car, and there's a policeman standing over there. Well, what's the first thing you say? You go to the policeman. Hey, can you help me get, you know, get the keys? He says, well, I can't, but I can run you by the car rental place over there by DFW, and I'll help you, you know, I'll get you the keys and get you back here real quick. And I said, oh, thank you so much. So I get in the cop car. I call coach and I say, hey, coach, I got a policeman taking me over to get the, the keys. He says, good, Les. He should be back in about an hour. That's really good. So we get about halfway there, and there's a major accident on the freeway. And the policeman says, hey, Les, uh, I can't go. I'm going to have to work this accident. <laughs> so my head coach is now in a meeting. He's been in a meeting with his family for about an hour, okay? And I get on the – the policeman gets on the phone, and he calls uh, Coach Goldsmith. He says, Coach Goldsmith, uh, this is Officer so-and-so. I've got Coach Kenning in the police car. He did not know I went in the police car. He goes, what did he do now? <laughs> he locked me out of the car. And what is he at? Where is he at right now? He said, well, I was taking him to get his keys, but we got a small accident up here, and I'm going to have to work this accident. He goes – what am I supposed to do? Less suggest to talk slow. <laughs> so, so he gets it. This has been an hour now. He's been in there. So uh-huh. now it's about two hours. He's been in the home visit talking to the parents about coming to Rice. That's not awkward at all. Oh, two hours is way long. Gosh. You know, I mean, you know, after you've been in there, oh, he doesn't know when I'm coming back. Well, finally, I get back. We, we work the wreck. Everything happens, and, and I get we the keys. We work the wreck. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so got it's about three, and it's about three hours later now. It's about maybe three and a half hours. He's been in that home visit. Okay. It happened right before they were eating dinner, so they haven't eaten dinner. So, say you get in there at 6. It's about 9.15 now, and they haven't eaten dinner or anything. Well, I show up to the door, and I say, hey, coach, how'd the visit go? You know, I walk in the door, and I look. As I look over there, it looked like somebody had taken their fingers and just 
clean the dip bowl, you know, around there because everybody was so hungry because there was no food there to eat, you know. And I, I look at Coach, he says, get in the car and let's go. <laughs> I said, all right, Coach. We ended up signing the kid, so I was okay. <laughs> that was a win. Hey, make sure you check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the same, at Real Coach Lounge. Let me say that again, at Real Coach Lounge. Hook up with us. Let us know on Facebook you're there. Let's start a chat. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, questions, things you want to hear, things you don't want to hear, all that fun stuff. This is a podcast for everybody. We just happen to be sitting in the lucky seats asking the questions and enjoying the laughs, but you guys are the ones that this is for. Join us on social media, and let's all enjoy this fun ride together. You walked in... one of the craziest houses you've walked into if you had to go recruit somebody any anything stand out you're like that was weird or i mean there's got to be some weird houses that you've walked in where i mean just different walks of life right oh yeah oh yeah you 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 yeah it's a to z when yeah. you walk in them so i'm with this head coach and he had his he had a spiel down that he gave it really good but he was real angry about his his spiel and giving his talk and get all the stuff he had to say well, this was a Cajun family, and mm. they didn't give two craps about his speech. They wanted to tell their stories. They wanted you to eat all this food they'd cook, <laughs> and they wanted to laugh and giggle. And, and uh, I mean, it, it was really a fun time. Well, every time this head coach I was with would get talking, they'd just cut him off. <laughs> I mean, they didn't want to hear all that, you know. And But he went along with it. You know, and it was, man, we were in there about three or four hours and we had had gumbo, fried shrimp, jambalaya. We had had the works. And they had told more stories and laughed and giggled. I mean, it was just a blast. Well, this head coach I was with, and I'll save the name, we, we, we get in the car and, man, he is upset with me. I mean, you know, he is on me because I didn't, you know, he, he didn't get a chance to, give his spiel, give his talk. And I said, I said, coach, I said, you did great. I said, these Cajun people, they, that's what they want. And they don't want to sit there and hear. Some people do that. They didn't want to hear all that. They mm-hmm. loved, you went along with them and it was happy go lucky. And we ate and we talked and we told great stories. And they got, I said, man, the next day the kid committed. They so got- I got chewed out all the way to the, <laughs> to, to put him back on the plane and next time they go, I mean, we love coach, man. We're committing. So anyway, <laughs> so you just was it know. worth it? It was worth. I'll it. get chewed out every it, 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 it trip. Worth, then, but right? you know, I, I'm gonna tell you a great story though that I I, I won't forget this one that taught me a lesson early. So I'm I'm going to this high school and and the coach, uh, he had won a lot of football games and uh, like over 300. But I get there, and I'm a young coach. This taught me a big lesson. And they're practicing under the shade trees. And I'm like, well, this is weird. You know, I'm a, I'm a real young coach. I'm like in my second, first full-time job. So I've been coaching three years. I'm trees my, on the field. No, they were on, like beside the practice field. Yeah, off to the side. Off to the side. He's under them. It's like in September, it's hot, you know, and he's over there. Uh, it's like a – I don't know, maybe we were open, but I was going go, to watch him practice. He's got him on this shade tree. And I said, Coach, you know, I made this – I couldn't believe it, you know. And I'm like, you know, and it was a country school. I said, Coach, what are you doing practicing on them shade trees? He looked at me and said, you know what? I play every game at 7 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, this is more the, like the temperature then. He said, we never play in the heat. And he said, oh, by the way, I've won like 350 games uh, <laughs> doing it this way. So, other words, hey, young punk, <laughs> shut up. Lane, so, let, me know, let me know how many games you win <laughs> one right. day. Okay? That's right. Okay. Until, yeah. until yeah. special teams, you got to punt. Then yeah. It's kind of problematic. Right. When I was a young coach, one of the funniest things that happened to me, I was at Mississippi State coaching receivers, and Coach Felker was the head coach, and – he says, hey, Les, I want you to work out this young man. He says, he's come over and he wants to work out. And I said, all right. Well, he went out there. I mean, I'd never seen feet on that. That was uh, camp, yeah. right? He was no, camp. no, no, no. This was this was before we had camps. 
So it's a statute of limitations, believe me. It's <laughs> so, but I'm, gonna, but I'm gonna explain this to you and you'll understand. So this young man comes over there and I mean, he's, I mean, unreal. I mean, I'm coaching the receivers and I'm saying, do it like that guy, please just do it like that guy. And I walk over to the head coach and I said, coach, we need to sign that guy. I mean, he's really, really good. And they're all laughing and giggling. You know who it was? Is that? Jerry Rice. He Come was, on. He, he, wow. Jerry Rice was with the San Francisco 49ers. And to tell you the work ethic he had, he was coming over to Mississippi State to work with us. I didn't know who he was. And they're dying laughing. And I'm How going. How do you not know who that is? But at the time, he was young. He was just coming on in his just career. But well, when you grew up in this age of pre-social media. No, yeah. I understand. It yeah. was, I mean, really. I mean, that's why there were secrets in yeah. recruiting. Yeah, because that's man, a great point. Film, film was not out there. Yeah, back then, oh, man, huh? you oh. had to send tape out, get tape, and back when the tape was sixteen millimeter, you better know how to get a coach to give you that. This tape. is the third time we've heard people talk and it's splitting it and taping it. Oh, and stuff. Let, oh, me man, you, let me tell you, people are have PTSD. I, I'm telling you, every episode we've done, somebody's gone into cold sweats <laughs> talking about 16 millimeter. Their hands start shaking like PTSD. Splicing yeah. some 16 like, millimeter. Hey, you, know, you guys don't know about that huddle. Y'all got it made. And they're over here shaking, talking yeah. about no. this old thing. <laughs> yeah. Sitting at, in, in the offices at the University of Alabama, which were in the basketball offices, okay? They were cement walls. I'd taken, and taken our whole season and broke it down and had taken and put it with tape on the cement walls. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Okay. The strips of tape. The, the strips of film. The strips of film. And then I took some tape and I taped it. How stupid was wow. I? I remember that. I oh, taped yeah. it all along the wall so I could put all the cut-ups together. I came back the next day and they had all fallen. The walls had sweated and every one of those oh, tapes had fell. Right and gosh. I had to go back through. Oh. I had these little projectors like this and I'd go through every one of Just them. Just hand crack it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that had to be done manually. We could have gone in the movie doing that. We could have been in the movie. You know, you, you, Bradley, you said something earlier. You were talking, and you just non, just in your speech, you said something about the tape. I'd review the tape and stuff, and I thought about it that time. The young guys, I don't. That terminology is not around anymore. Y'all don't talk about mad. You don't hear that anymore. They call it film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go watch the you know huddle and stuff. It's a different deal. But the tape and stuff. That's a yeah. We we were at a uh, a pregame. At Alabama, I remember when my first—I was a GA there when I first started off, and uh, Coach Stokes had asked one of the GAs to splice the film together for him for his pregame that we were going to go through, you know, pregame. And so as he's putting it on, he had spliced it backwards so the film would run. The, the kids looked like they were running, and then the next clip was they were upside down. Okay, <laughs> so this is pregame in the whole thing. So. The special teams coach is worried about the head coach is just going to rip his ass. So I look back there. He takes the big projector. As it goes normal, he's holding it. Then he flips it up upside down. <laughs> <laughs> he goes like this, too. And he takes it like this. And we're all going, oh, geez, this isn't going to be good now. I mean, just stupid stuff that you don't worry about that. Never even thought of that. And this is where? At Alabama. It, this is a pregame the at University of the Alabama. University of Alabama. Alabama. You got a guy flipping the whole projector, whole projector upside, upside down. down. I'm going over, geez, this is big time coaching. I'm going over, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and, and I was waiting for Coach Perkins to come in. I, I, I was not associated with that, putting wow. that together. Coach Perkins was the head coach. He was the head coach. He had, he had left the New York Giants and it went to the. Uh, wow. It went to. I had a, it, there, there's so many stories as a young coach. And Coach Pivotal can tell you, I was. Finished at the University of Texas, and, and I was going to go into high school coaching. You know, my dad was a coach, mm -hmm. and I'd written two letters, one to Coach Orangebarger and one to Coach Perkins, and both of them uh, were rejections that they had things full. And I said, well, that's good. Well, you know how – if you've ever been a graduate assistant or you've ever been a coach, you always play tricks on each other. You know, you, you, you play tricks on each other and stuff like that. And another graduate assistant, we were playing tricks with each other. Well, I get a phone call that's in about in the summer, so I'm fixing to go try to take a high school job somewhere, and, and it's Coach Perkins on the phone, which I think is another GA. I think he's pulling a prank on me, okay? And so he goes, hello, this is Ray Perkins. I said, yeah, sure. All right, Ray, tell me. <laughs> he goes, no, this is Ray Perkins. Excuse me? I said, yeah, Coach, what's up? He goes, uh, you know, we, we'd like to bring you in at the University of Alabama, and we'd love to talk to you about a possible graduate assistantship. And I said, oh, yeah, sure, I appreciate it. I said, uh, 
<laughs> what do you want me to do? Fly down there? You know, I mean, I'm being kind of sarcastic, you know, because I think it's the GA on the other end. I, you know, Ray, I've already got the rejection letter. So I'm going over. And so I said, OK. And then this is where he got me. He said, well, we're going to bring you to Alabama, but we want you to pay for your own flight to come. I said, yeah, sure. I'm going to pay for my own flight to come visit you. You know, I'm going to do the same thing. And so I go back to the office and the other GA said, I didn't call you. I promise you, I didn't oh call you. Oh, you got to be bullshitting me. He called me. Oh, shit. So I go back. I make my flight reservations. Okay. This gets better. I make my flight reservations. I fly out to Tuscaloosa from Austin, Texas. Okay. And I paid for everything. I barely got enough money, money for me and my wife. You're to, a GA at the yeah, time. I barely got enough money to pay the rent. And, and I'm, I'm paid, you know, get a plane ticket to go out there. Well, I get out there, and, I, and at the time, Tuscaloosa had an airport. So I pull into the airport. You know, the flight comes in on one of these small planes. We'd connected in Atlanta and came over. And so I pull in there, and I'm thinking, you know, well, you know, somebody's going to be there to meet me. There's nobody there. There's only a, a, a shoe shine, a black man shining shoes over there, that he's over there. And I'm in, I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I said, that son of a bitch got me again. I said, that GA got me to buy a ticket, fly out to Tuscaloosa, and I ain't got, and I don't have a job. Wait a minute. So you didn't call him back and apologize and no, say you were coming? No, I went, I went straight and got a ticket. <laughs> so, so, so I go. So I go, all right? So me and the, 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 the older black man sitting over there, shoeshine guy sitting over there, and I said, sir, I said, uh, how far is it to the University of Alabama? He says, well, son, it's about 15 miles, and I, I don't have but maybe $10 in my wallet, and that's all I got. And I'm going, how in the I said, is there any way I can get over there? He said, well, fellow over there might give you a ride. So I walked over, and I said, sir, I got $10. Can you get me to the University of Alabama? I gave him my $10, and I I drove over to the University of Alabama. I said, damn, I'm going to go see the University of Alabama. The hell with this. I'm going to go see it. So as I pull up and I go, they just finished the spring game there. And here comes one of the coaches out. And he says, damn, we forgot about you. Oh. And I went, oh, thank goodness. Oh, I got wow. an interview. So this is real. Was to forgive this me. is real. Yeah. So I go in there and I interview Coach Perkins. He offers me the job. Yeah. And he felt so bad. I'll never forget. He says, son, were you at the airport by yourself? I said, yes, sir. He said, and Mr. Clem Griska that ran the the he he also ran uh, there's a uh, a place where a museum there Clem ran the museum at the time and Clem he took care of me he said I'll get you back to the airport and everything he says you know if you you have a job you I'd like you to come to University of Alabama and wow. and Coach Perkins was just giving me hundred dollar bills he said wow. I felt so bad and I said that's enough that's enough I mean yeah, that's enough wow. and then, so he wow. gave me about four hundred dollars which was a lot of money sure. I left Mississippi State to get a ten thousand dollar raise to go to Stephen F Austin hmm. and and that was that's really weird that's an SEC school yeah my my you know we got the death penalty so I was going to be a GA death penalty so I never forget I, I went down David McWilliams had left Texas Tech came back to Texas. This was the spring of 87. And I went and interviewed. So I was trying to figure out how to get in touch with him. So my position coach, Bill Clay, who had gone to Tampa Bay after that death penalty, said, look, he says, have your dad call. He said, he's going to take a high school coach's call. Just So anyway, my, my dad called. I got on the phone with him and said, hey, they, they want you to come down this day. That's this way for cell phone. So I went down, spent the day, and Met with Coach Mac Williams, and he says, "Hey, if you can make so and so on the on the GRE, we can get you in. But I'll take you as a GA. But you got to take that GRE and make kind of well, couldn't make kind. What is what is the GRE? Graduate Records Examination. Okay, yeah. I got a great story on that, and you'll laugh your ass so, off on that. One. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I, I had to make like a thousand. I couldn't. I couldn't make barely eight hundred. What's so, the highest that you could make on this? I don't know what the highest. We weren't was. into the highest. We were in the I'm minimum. just trying to figure out perspective. Is yeah. the, it's the, the highest minimum, ten thousand and the lowest. Yeah, well, and you had to make well, one thousand. Well, 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 that's irrelevant. Look, yeah. The highest. Yeah. Are you trying to pin me down about how dumb I am? I'm trying to get perspective uh, yeah, yeah, so I don't yeah. feel so bad. Yeah. Well, I think a thousand is pretty good. See, because yeah. I don't think I would get there. That's why I'm, yeah. I'm bringing you down. Yeah, yeah, you, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to go there. No. <laughs> so anyway, so. That's how I ended up at Trinity Valley. The, the, the graduate records examination, I'm telling this on myself and I probably shouldn't, but you'll laugh about this. I'm at the University of Texas. In order to be GA, you got to take that. You got to take the graduate records examination. So I go in and I take it. I'm 100 points short. Okay. And I go, dadgum. You made a nine, you made 100. 
You, no, you just had points to, short. Why didn't you say 200? You, had to you said you made 800. I, 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 you, I, I, I just said I was 100 points short okay. to get in. So, you, well, you no, wait, so this is good. No, no, this is good. Yeah. This gets better. So I go and I take it again. I go up like, I think, 75, 80 points. I'm 20 points short. And I go, I can't do it. I, I went to the lady and I said, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get. I said, I've been studying for this. There's no way I can get into She goes, and we start. She said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I said, well, my mother is from Mexico City, which she is. And she goes, you're in minority. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to America. Yeah. 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 So, there you go. That's how I got into grad school. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right here. Graduate. Records examination. Records examination. Where's your dad from originally? He's from Orangeville. He was an Orangeville guy, originally. That was his high school. Mm-hmm. Now you wow. tell me, and your dad was from uh, my my dad is from he's from Brazosport down by okay. Lake Jackson. Yeah, I graduated from Brazoswood. Did you really? I did. You probably know my relatives. You they know wouldn't you, have nice things to say about me. Do you know where you know where Poinsettia Drive is in Lake Jackson? I do. That's we that's where we lived off there. I lived off your pond. I know where your pond is. Yo I know pond. exactly where it's at. All yeah. these, this, got a lot of shrubs. All down this, there. all this, all these places. So in Lake Jackson, they're known for. For whatever reason, uh, two things. One, the Mosquito Festival. Exactly. And Bucky's. Bucky's. It's Bucky's, the home of Bucky's. Right, right. Uh, uh, so, three things. And then the third thing is uh, a lot of the streets, most of the streets are something way. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that way, this way, <laughs> his way, her way. That's, right. that's, that's really that's right. Wow. Oh, yeah. It, look, I spent a lot of time in Lake Jackson. That's where my grandparents are from. But my, my dad went to the University of the Americas in Mexico City. And that's where he met my mom. My mom was was Spanish, did not speak any English. And when we came back, we were at Needville High School. And then from Needville High School, he went to Hampshire Finette. And at Hampshire Finette, they thought that he had married a really good Cajun woman. She's real Cajun. How did the whole courting deal of that go through? She speaks no English. It just is. It, it, it's it must be love. That's I coaches. Mean, that's what we do. 